Welcome back to the program. I was at an event last week and ran into Chris Richmond and moving Pillsbury forward, realized we hadn't really had an update for a while on how things are going there. There's been a lot happening to try to get the former Pillsbury Mill site to a point where it could uh, at least get the current eyesore demolished and hopefully eventually the property rehabbed and redeveloped. So let's get an update now. Chris Richmond of Moving Pillsbury Forward joins us live this afternoon. Chris, thanks for taking the time. Always great to have you on the program. Oh, always nice to Nice to be able to join in, Jim. Of course, we uh, we talked back in the spring. Your organization had acquired the property, and we're putting the wheels in motion for the next uh, big thing necessary to ultimately redevelop that site, and that was a, a big environmental review. Give us the update on that. Where does that stand right now? Right. The, the environmental review, the often known as a Phase 2 environmental site assessment, it was completed here just uh, in the last uh, three weeks or so. Uh, we've got all, all the preliminary results and, and a final report to go through. Um, that consisted of 70 soil tests and, and 15 water wells being drilled at the site, uh, as well as an asbestos survey and, and lead paint testing of, of the structures. So. At the end of the day, um, I've, I've looked at the results and, and found that in 2017, the U.S. EPA did a did a great job of cleanup, and we don't have any major soil or water well issues at the site, which is which is great news. Uh, asbestos, uh, there are still areas of asbestos at the site, which we felt we already knew, and those were confirmed. But we do have. Um, or I think five buildings that are actually completely free of asbestos at this point. And we've got some lead paint to deal with. Um, but on the whole, those are um, not as complicated of issues to deal with as, as we certainly could have had. It, it definitely falls into the category of it could have been a lot worse, but that still seems like a lot yet to address when you still have asbestos on site, when you've got lead paint there, uh, and you've still got these big hulking structures, even the ones that don't have asbestos, they're just, they're just massive. So what are the next steps right. now that you have this data in hand? Where do you go from here? Right. So the next steps with, with the data in hand, this allows us to apply for US EPA uh, grant funding. Uh, the grant cycle is just opened up for this fall, and we need to have our grant uh, application in by mid-November. Uh, so we're in the process of doing that. We've contracted with uh, our environmental firm to help us on that grant writing effort. We've also, um, after we acquired the site in late uh, March of this year, so just uh, just six months ago, we actually applied for a congressionally directed request through our uh, Senate offices, through Senator Durbin's office and Senator Duckworth's office, and we've uh, actually been able to move the, the request um through the Senate offices and through the Appropriations Committee, and and we're waiting to hear about uh, funding on a, a $2 million commitment, uh, hopefully later this fall. That would be uh, separate from the EPA grants? This would be an actual federal appropriation? It would, yep. 
So that would be a uh, separate amount of money uh, that we could use for either remediation activities or demolition activities at this site. Uh, there's some good flexibility built into that. Do, do you have a sense as to what kind of a dent $2 million would put into an overall price tag for what you ultimately hope to do with demolition, clearing the site, remediating whatever environmental hazards are there? Uh, do, you, do you have a, a, a ballpark of what the total price tag of that is likely to be? We, we do. We're, we're in the, the 10 to 12 million range uh, to completely clear the site and have it 100% prepped for redevelopment. Uh, now, of course, we know that will have to take place in stages. And we have over 20 structures at the site. And we, we've now compiled a list with our civil engineer and environmental engineer uh, of the priority buildings that need dealt with, um, ones that are structurally unstable because they're already partially demolished, um, ones that have more of a known environmental hazard than others, uh, and ones that simply make sense to have out of the way before we can actually demolish uh, some of the other larger structures. Um, so sequencing of the project is what I've been focused on here for the last two or three weeks since we we uh, got our final results out of the phase two. Two million is not insignificant, but obviously it's a long way to go to get to that 12 million price tag. So every bit helps. I have to ask if you're looking for US EPA grant dollars, uh, does it actually work against you that the site is really not that bad? Because I'm sure there are lots more heavily contaminated sites all over the country that will also be vying for those dollars. Are we actually at a disadvantage that things aren't as bad as they could have been? Um, you know, I wouldn't say that. Um, the yeah, you're right there are more contaminated sites out there um the the thing about pillsbury is that it really abuts right up against a neighborhood and quite honestly most of the sites that apply for grant funding are in industrial areas that aren't nearly as close to a, a neighborhood much less a neighborhood in an underserved uh, population area uh, so in that regard um, that gives us uh, a leg up on on the grant writing and our, our ability to procure grant funding. Talking with Chris Richmond of Moving Pillsbury Forward with the latest on the efforts to uh, to finally get that site to a, a point where it can be redeveloped. And Chris, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, my recollection at some point in the past was there was talk about trying to go back. I know this property's changed hands several times. Uh, initially, of course, uh, owned by, by Pillsbury, later by Cargill. And there had been some talk about trying to go back and get them to foot at least part of the bill for everything that's been left behind there. Is that still a possibility or has that option basically been abandoned? Yeah, it, you know, at this point, that option is essentially been abandoned. Uh, there's not to say that we, we did reach out to Pillsbury a, a couple of years ago when we first got started with the working group. Uh, they, they were open to the idea but, um, you know, there, there, there didn't seem to be much of an opportunity there. Uh, they did make it clear that they, you know, they sold a, a working plant to Cargill many, many years ago. And, uh, you know, Cargill would have any responsibility for cleanup at this site. 
uh, or, or the following owners, which, you know, of course, when we tried to reach out to Cargill, same same answer. You know, they said, look, we, we sold a, a site that was intact. Uh, we, we don't have any legal responsibility to uh, deal with what, what remains there. Which, in fairness, would be my answer, too, if I were Pillsbury or Cargill, but be that as it may. Uh, I, I know we're a long ways away from this, but uh, have has anybody reached out to you to say, you know, we might be interested in this property at some point. We could do something with this. We could redevelop it. I know you've still got the, the rail yard there. Uh, there's still, you know, a lot of work to do, but is there anybody who's thinking, yeah, this shows real potential? Right. We have um, we haven't directly had contact with folks uh, that have come out and said, hey, you know, I'm interested in that site. Uh, not not the way it is. I will say we have had developers come to us and say, hey, once you've got all the, the legal aspects cleared up, which we've largely got those cleared up at this phase uh, of the project and um you've got a little bit further down the road with your remediation and clearing of the site please give us a call because we would likely have interest at that point uh, we we know there's some interest that, that'll be out there once we we get some more of the detail cleaned up here I know you have gotten uh, support from much of the community, from the city, the county, Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance, uh, uh, the, the Community Foundation for the Land of Lincoln. Lots of others have, you know, given their backing to this, some more tangibly, uh, others maybe just more moral support. Uh, who all is really, you know, helping with this effort at this point? And, and what more do you need? Is there more that different governmental entities could do? Is there more the public... In, in general could do to, to help this effort along? Um, you know, there is. Um, you know, in, in general, like I say, the, the city's been quite supportive. Uh, I've got a meeting coming up just later this week with Springfield Sangman Growth Alliance, Ryan McCready and his team to talk about um, developers and some of the potential development interests and the infrastructure that comes in the site. Uh, such that he can be activated to market the site for us. Uh, that's what SSGA is tasked with doing. And, you know, the county's been very helpful, uh, too, with, with helping us work through, um, you know, a lot of the legal situation involved around the site. Um, from the community, we do intend to, and we're, we're working right now with the school district to schedule another community meeting uh, about this time next month, hopefully the second week of October. We're trying to nail down a date on that. And, and recently we've just produced a video uh, through uh, Storyteller Studios uh, that helps explain uh, to folks what the project is all about and how they can get involved. Uh, we've just uh, uploaded that to our PillsburyProject.org website. Definitely go check out that website. A lot of good information there and a lot of good information here. Chris Richmond, thank you so much for the update. Please keep us posted. A lot of interest in this project. And